Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. find ourselves together again as one as we delve into the grassroots i'll stop talking like this welcome to another podcast ladies and gentlemen i'm trying to spice up my introductions to the podcast (laughs) sometimes i win sometimes i lose Um, but we're here together thanks guys for joining us for another week at the rgm music industry podcast Uh, thank you for joining us I hope your week is kicked off nicely and you have achieved all of the goals from the previous week and you're ready to smash into the next few days with us here at RGM. How you doing? You all right, guys? Nice one. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the RGM Experience Music Industry Podcast. It's a bloody long name. This is the space where we delve into the grassroots music industry and beyond and tell stories about what it's like in the real world down here. Warts and all. We have long-form chats about it as well. Uh, We just sit back and see where the conversation goes and enjoy the company that we're in. So thanks, guys, for joining us for another week. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Brandon and Kieran from The Sherlocks today done it the hard way i can remember seeing these guys you know grafting around sheffield and the local areas just uh just you know just grafting and grafting and grafting you know d- getting gigs out of town quite quickly really uh going out to playing gigs all over the country playing to next to nobody picking up little pockets of people all over the country building on it grafting and building up this massive fan base that they've got today so we have a very good chat with the lads that's coming up with you very shortly and here on RGM, it seems to be a, a big, a big, 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 big <laughs> uh, release week this week. Uh, we've had loads of new stuff coming in on RGM, so keep the tunes coming, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, click on the submission page if you're in a band and you want to join us. Uh, there's a free option too, or paid options if you want something a bit more uh, personalised. We're here to help. And as always with these interviews, ladies and gentlemen... You can watch us on YouTube. You can see his little faces. Yeah, YouTube's doing all right. I like it over there. It's nice. I prefer it here, though. It's more personalised. Or me and you. Just in your earlobes while you're at the gym. Or uh, on the way out. Or having a beer. Or I don't know. Wherever you are in the world doing your own thing. Thanks for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. So, yeah. What, what what do you ask a band that, that's on the fourth album? They've got number four in the album charts, which is a major achievement for anybody these days. Just started their own pub. Always something going on. And I, I did find it how uh, I did find it funny just how like blase they are about things. This like they're just, <laughs> they're just doing stuff, it's funny. Uh, yeah, I do mention that in the interview while I'm chatting to chatting to them, they're just like no air, air or graces about them it's just uh, yeah we're just doing this thing uh, and this thing is you know they've just put the biggest gig on ever at Don Valley Bowl in Sheffield it's amazing really it's quite fascinating but yeah we, we have a very good chat with Brandon and Kieran that's coming up now 
So we are coming up to the festive season, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm planning ahead for the new year now, really. Uh, winding down a little bit. I need a little break from things, because you just do, don't you, now and again, you know. Uh, so yeah, our gym will slow down mid-December. I just need a break, you know. I'm trying to think of new ways to... You know, I, I I get a little bit bored sometimes, you know, doing things the same old way all the time. So I, I'm, I'm thinking of new ways to spice things up a little bit. And I don't quite know what that looks like yet. Management speak, don't it? Uh, but yeah, I'm just thinking, so if you've got any ideas, what would you like to see on RGM in the new year? What, would you, what, more, what more could we do to support and be part of this industry? What can we do? I'm, I'm open to ideas. So if you've got anything, ladies and gentlemen, email me at carl at rgm.press. Or tag us in the socials. Twitter's the main one. I I, I did put a little bit of a, 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 a tweet out the other day. I, we do get a lot of uh, PR people, bands, managers uh, messaging us about content and getting you know getting their music out for bands and that kind of stuff. But the, a, a, a really high majority of them leave out Twitter for some reason or X, and I don't know why. Uh, I think there's a, people think it's hard work. Uh, but if you're in a band and you're listening to this podcast, or if you're a fan of music uh, and you and you know bands, give them this bit of advice. Get yourself on X, ladies and gentlemen. It's the most engaging. You can have chats with people. I, I, I see a lot of bands flourish on there and chat with the fans and just engage with people in a different way than you can't really do that on Instagram. You can send the odd reel, but it's not. It's not. You know, you're not communicating with people in real life. Uh, you're just putting stuff out there and getting liked. Facebook seems a bit boring these days. It's just a bit... Uh, you know, there's a lot of people my age on it. You know what I mean? It's a bit boring. Uh, but Twitter, for me, feels like it's the place to be. And it's probably the, the reason why I've paid for the blue tick thing on it. Just to get out to more people and to spread the word a little bit, you know. Um, so that'll be my little bit of advice. Uh, get yourself on X because you, you are missing out on a massive com- music community. Uh, music people um, there we go <laughs> I don't know where that came from I didn't have it on my notes but there we go um, but yeah <laughs> that's that so ladies and gentlemen let's crack on with a chat with the boys eh? that's what you're here for isn't it of course it is so if you're a fan of the Sherlock's share this uh, podcast around it's a really interesting chat with Brandon and Kieran Ray enjoyed it so ladies and gentlemen let's crack on Brandon, Kieran, what you got? Nice one. So, uh, Kieran's a little bit late for us today because he's been gathering wood. Uh, I just found that interesting, mate. Just tell us a little bit about that. What What's going on? Gathering that wood. Now, uh, <laughs> just just stocking up for winter, mate, as you right. do. Okay. Hibernation. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's nice. Well, I know you've just come off your um, your UK tour. You've got you've had this number four album. You've got a pub in the works. You've got uh, a European tour just on the horizon. Um, it, it, what, what, just from being you know a local lad from Sheffield myself, and just remembering when the Sherlock's start to break through, and just seeing how much graft you put put into getting out there and just finding new fans all over the country, and just grafting right from the start. Um, how do you look back on those early days now as as one of the big guys in music? Really, you know, you've 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 made a career. You've made a you've you've got the holy grail. You you know you 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 make money from you know being in a band. It's it's an amazing achievement. How do you look back on the early days and the graft you had to put into to be where you are now? 
do you want to take the wheel on this, Bran, or shall I? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're definitely not big boys, but um, okay. like you say, I think to to be able to call it a job at least is uh, is still astounding to us. We still yeah. we still love it just like we did in early days. But yeah, yeah. them early days were. I think the the thing that surprised us we never said, "Do you want to be in a band?" It mm. started as a same as probably most other bands. We started in a garage and just did it for his own amusement, learning some strokes covers and Beatles and stuff, and then. Mm. Over time, it, well, quite quickly in them first few years, it, it turned into like doing his own music and getting getting people coming to his gigs, which uh, were mind blowing. It still is. I think even yeah. even this most recent UK tour we just did, like mm. it's still it's still meant to see people coming out and travelling and booking hotels just to watch your band. Yeah. So we we love it like like we always have. Has it ever taken a toll on you as brothers? Being on the road? No, not really. Um, no. <laughs> just I think, no, no, I think not, it's not. like, I think we, I think we, uh, I don't know, I think it's because we've grown up doing it. Yeah. Well, I say grown up, like we've been in band, <laughs> me and Kim's been in band like 13 years now, so yeah. I, I think a lot of band, like a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of bands with brothers and siblings in and they do all right don't they so no i get that i get that well like when we speak to a lot of bands you know the 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 bands that make it the bands that get anywhere the bands that get you know top five albums in the charts they have to you have to build relationships with fans and you can only do that really by grafting and um, you know and just getting out there and just doing it I, I, i like you you mentioned yourself there, Kieran, that you know you never really set up set out to be a band. You just you know you just wanted to play a few gigs and do that kind of stuff. Where where did the drive come from to 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 follow that through and actually go for it? Then, if you didn't really set out to do that, uh, probably just when it started getting exciting. Really, like yeah, I think that's I think that is probably the, the main thing that's helped us. Not necessarily we didn't grow up dying to be in a band. We were always into music, but we never like said, oh, we want to be in a band and and get it as big as we can. And that's probably helped us because I think you may be at risk of trying too hard then and trying to just, Mm. that's the be all end all. Whereas we've just fell into it and and not even expected anything from it apart from just, like I said, his own amusement, just entertaining ourselves. So yeah, that's always been... We were never really a benchmark, so we we never really felt like we're failing. If you know what I mean, we, mm. to us, everything's a bonus. After like selling a couple of tickets in Sheffield, yeah. which were like just a, a small goal for us, once we started getting people coming, like yeah. everything since then's just been a bonus, really. So it's, there's no pressure. Yeah, no, I like I, I like that. You're not putting any pressure on yourself because a lot of bands do, don't they? You can uh, you can put a lot of pressure on yourselves and make it feel like a job and stop having fun with it. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think there's uh, it's not a bad thing. I mean, like you yeah. see plenty of bands and they just want to just make it. Like every, everybody wants mm. to get the band as big as they can, but just for us personally, we didn't really like. Like I said, we we never really. We weren't dreaming of being in a band as kids, so yeah. everything's just sort of like just happened. And it's happened more naturally for us, I think. And uh, pe- our fan base can hopefully see that. Like, 
we're not like we're just as surprised <laughs> every time yeah. we finish a gig we're just like <laughs> stuck here at end just thinking this is nuts that people come out and see us but it's uh it's been a good journey so far it's mad to think with four albums in and yeah even the last album is like weirdly is most successful mm. why why do you think that is i don't know i think I think they're good tunes, but obviously we're biased, so we always <laughs> think his tunes are good. But I think, uh, I think we're, I think people can just recognise we're normal lads yeah. and we're just having a laugh, basically, and obviously trying to write good songs and record them well, and and just yeah, I think people can just see we're real and uh, authentic. We're not like faking it, and we've been around, we've been around quite a while now, yeah. uh, so we definitely passed that phase of being like. Uh, a hype band. We're definitely not yeah. that. We're, uh, I don't know. We're we're like a household name within the small, <laughs> the small music community. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I found it interesting. You don't you don't consider yourself one of the big boys because uh, you know I, I can remember seeing you at, at the last time I saw you live at Academy in Manchester. Um, you, you're always on the big festival slots and that kind of stuff. You are out there every year. Your name's always there. You know, you're still having it. You're still bringing music out. You're still doing everything you can. Um, how come you don't feel like you're part of the big boys? You still feel like you've still got room to go? I don't know. I just think it's probably not up for us to say. I think maybe Fair if is. you start thinking you're a you're a big boy, that's when you start turning into a small boy. Oh, okay. That's Yeah, that's interesting. And what about you, Brian? I've never... It's mad to think we've been in a... I was just thinking about how old... Never really looked back at everything we've done, but it's everything's gone really quick like that. Like yeah. Kieran was saying, we never really expected to be in a band. And then we've just... We're always thinking of the next thing we're going to be doing, so we've never really looked at what we've done. Like, we never expected to get a record deal for start. Yeah. And then, like, some bands don't even get to put, a, like, one album out. So the fact that we've managed to somehow, like, send me a bit of a career out of it or a bit of a job out of it, and we've done four albums, pretty nuts, to be fair. Um, looking forward to, like, we're already looking, like, to album five and what we're planning yeah. middle and end of next year. So I think you just, I think just keep looking forward. There's no point, there's no point... I think, like I say, you've put too much pressure on yourself and you've got to give yourself goals, but not like yeah. unachievable ones. So, well, I, can I think remember, both, yeah. both things, just to enjoy, I think enjoying it's the, the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, what, um, I, what I can remember being local and seeing the Sherlock's take off a little bit and like, you know, like coming from Sheffield and you see a band like uh, playing outside of Sheffield and selling tickets all over the country. Um, I, I can just remember your. It, it felt like you guys had a really solid plan because you'd go out and do, um, I don't know, eight, right at the start, like eighty hundred t- uh, size caps all over the country. Then you you do really well selling tickets to them, and then the next one would be two, three hundred tickets. It, it felt like there was a plan there for you to, and and you were going into like you you've done gigs in really small parts of the country as well to pick up pockets all over the place as well. It feels like it feels like there's a definite plan there. Um, is, is was that the case, or I'm I'm, I'm just going from looking in from the yeah, outside early? Yeah, that, that, you pretty much nailed it. To be fair, we yeah. we when we first started, like that strategy was basically let's just get Sheffield buzzing, and then we'll try and get Manchester buzzing, yeah. Then we'll try and get Glasgow buzzing because the bands that we used to, like we grew up watching and stuff. I think we just recognised like 
those were the cities that were buzzing. Mm. Um, so we just, yeah, it was that. We just like, say we played a hundred cap. I, like I think first time we played in Manchester or um, I think it was called Crack Gal- Gallery, something like that. Mm. And we just put it on a shelf, yeah. sold it out, and then we went back and then we just literally just had like 50 tickets to capacity every time because in Manchester, the well, back then there were loads of venues, loads of mm. steps you could do. Yeah. So we just try and add 50 tickets, 100 tickets. Then it got to like 300, 500. Mm. Then we just did that. But like I said, we just, then we go into like little pockets around these cities, pick a few fans up and then they'd all travel to big cities. And then the enemy gave us his first real chance of mm. playing on like a proper stage or whatever. And I think we supported them like three, were it three gigs or something? Did Glasgow yeah. kind of pick it out, Kieran up? You were still at school, weren't you? And I like <laughs> rang you. We got a phone call oh. saying, oh, do you want to spot enemy in Glasgow tonight? And we were like, all right, like, we've got to get up there. So <laughs> rang our Kira and went, right, I'm picking you up soon. So then we jumped oh. in the van and just drove up to Glasgow. And then when we were there, Tom Clark were like, do you want to spot tomorrow? And I don't know where it was, Stoke or somewhere like that. And we were like, yeah, definitely. So did a few with them. But big shout out to them because we used to go all over watching them as a band we had. Mm admire and then we got opportunity to go and tour with him you're making this music industry uh, and breaking as a band sound really easy lads it's the hardest industry in the world and you're just taking it and you're just taking it by you you you're just taking it and you know what's the word what's the phrase so just you're just you're just going for it aren't you and it's just happening for you so it's like uh it just sounds it just sounds like you've i don't know it just sounds like you've just smashed it without no problems what what's been the biggest thing you've learned through being in and around the music industry there must have been like a a few different ups and downs throughout your career with with it all i don't know i think one one thing we used to do is just take a lot of chances just right probably because like we were saying earlier we never planned anything so when you when you don't plan anything and, and you haven't even got anything at this point yeah. you literally got no to lose like like Randa said that enemy gig <laughs> I think I was sat in like English or something and he texted me saying I'm picking you up in 10 minutes I, <laughs> I was still obviously in my school uniform I thought I was going to play a gig like Angus Young that night <laughs> luckily he took me a pair of black jeans in and that but yeah we, we just took a random gig which probably most bands would be like maybe these days they'd just be like yeah. no that doesn't make sense for us or yeah. let us speak to his manager that don't make sense. Yeah. We can't be going to Glasgow because we'll not make money. Whereas we didn't care. Like we yeah. just, we were enough we fuel with ra- them. We used to do proper random stuff as well. It did. Get, it did get to a point where we were getting a buzz going, but up north, like anywhere up north, there were buzz going. We've always, even still, I'd say we, the well, to be fair, a lot of northern bands do struggle down south mm. for whatever reason. That north side. Uh, north south divide kind of thing but I can remember uh, we were like right we've got north we've got everything up north like buzzing to a point where we were probably doing 300 tickets mm. but back then we were like this is flying yeah. and we uh, we went down to uh, London and we supported Steve Craddock a oh, Steve yeah. Craddock DJ set just because we wanted to yeah. play down south we ended up we had no money to Hotel, so we ended up sleeping in van in London, but we, it did get to a point where we were like, we've always been hungry and like grafters, but mm. we've never took it too serious. I think that's the the thing. Like we've 
we've all we've really enjoyed the journey. You know what I mean? We can't turn around and say we haven't had a laugh because we've had a we've had a proper blast yeah. us so far. Is there a, is there, was there a point when you had to stop saying yes to everything, to like be a bit more smarter, work smarter than harder type thing? Was that ever a like a decision with it? Probably after that, Steve Carrot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's when, I think that's when we thought. Yeah, we probably should. I think we actually genuinely did think after we did it, we thought, well, "Why have we done it?" But yeah. we knew why we did it. But I think that's probably where we thought, "Yeah, we probably need to be a bit smarter here than driving down London yeah. to support a DJ set in the middle of nowhere." They'll probably, I don't know, they might have been for. I think what it was is Ocean Colour scene were playing in London somewhere. Brixton or somewhere like that and then we were just trying to get in with all promoters and they were like mm. a small time promoter down south who were like yeah well Steve Carrick's obviously just doing a DJ set after he's played at We Ocean Colour scene but back then we didn't realise that uh, we were like yeah yeah we'll come down and play so then we just went down and played like 30 minutes probably picked a couple of fans up to be fair yeah. and then Steve Carrick come in and did a DJ set but that was like our first real memories of trying to play in London and stuff because it's a big world down there. And how how long ago was that? How many years ago was that? Like 10 years ago or something? Or more? Yeah, easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably not. Probably more, yeah. yeah. What, what's probably the... only a couple of years into band. Yeah, sure. What, what's the north-south divide like for the Sherlocks these days? You know, there's definitely... I don't think there's a divide now. Uh, mm. I, I don't think they ever walk. It's just obviously, right. it, it'll be the same. It's exactly the same for Southern bands coming up north. Right. We're good friends with uh, a few Southern bands and they say like, it, it's a different crowd, isn't it? I think the, the Northern crowds tend to go a little bit nuts. I think it's fair to say everybody, every band says that. But um, yeah, I think it works both ways. Like some right. Southern bands we know don't might not, say, a Leeds crowd might not take to their music as well as, like, when they're playing London or whatever. But um, mm. for us personally, it's, we, we get a good reception down south now. Mm. We're, uh, I'm trying to think of last gigs we did. Like, say, London. The last London gig was class. Mm. Um, yes. To be fair, Southampton were class as well. Mm. And Brighton. It's not... They're Brighton. So much, not, there ain't so much... I think it's when you're first starting out, you notice it more. It's like, yeah. it's not a divide, like, but it is like a... It's because you can't just keep driving down there all the time and mm-hmm. driving back. It, t- it takes you for it. It's just so hard to keep building if you're going to do that. Well, how would you look back on the, the tour that you've just been through now? So you're just off tour. Um, you've been all over the country. Um, you know, the big album tour. I know you're off into Europe and we'll come to that in a bit. Um, but how, how was the latest tour... Uh, as the Sherlock's on album number four now, what what experiences did you get up to? What trouble did you get up to? Really, I think I'm asking. <laughs> Do you know what? It's gone that quick. I think it's the way it's it, it's felt like a bit of a weekend tour. This one, like yeah. Yeah. you get Monday to Wednesday to yourself, well, and Sunday, and then this tour's been Thursday to Saturday, just yeah. dipping your toe in. And uh, weirdly, it's gone so quick. Like I think by the time we got to Sheffield, we were just like. Right, we're getting into the swing of things now. We feel super tight, and then yeah. it's just it's uh, it it's over, it. and you're on yeah. to the next thing. But yeah, yeah uh, some personal highlights for me were like Newcastle. I think yes. that was the one where that was the first 
one where it was just nuts from start to finish. Crowd was unreal. Nottingham, Rock City, that were a nice. class venue, obviously, but that were a good gig. Um, trying to think what we've been up to. Like I say, it's just gone so quick. Crazy, isn't it? The she- the Sheffield one looks a bit uh, a-, a bit of a challenge for you, particularly because you had to change venues and stuff quite late. And then did you end up playing at Plug instead for two nights instead of at the Academy? Because if, if people don't know, the Academy have had to shut because they've got problems with the concrete and the structure of the building and uh, everybody's rearranging the gigs that were booked in for the Academy at the minute. Uh, how was how was that uh, for the band having to play? Like, I presume you just, did you just have one night at the Academy and then you made it two nights at Plug because it's a smaller uh, capacity type thing? Yeah, that was it. But, but yeah, I think yeah. it like, there's a lot of bands who, like so you've touched on, there's a lot of bands who've uh, had to change. I think Sourcing Up with Jamie Webster's just had to change his yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we did two nights and they were good nights, to be fair. Mm. We were we were praying that everything would be sweet with Academy yeah. and do a, just one big one. But yeah, it was nice to step back into Plug, to be fair, and Network or whatever it's called now. And uh, we had two really good nights. How, how do you manage that kind of stuff? So I presume you just got a, a, a call from them and just say, look, we, we're not going to be ready. Um, it felt like it was quite last minute. I presume they let you lads know that it was quite last minute as well. Uh, how do you plan to... Because obviously some fans will, will have booked a, a hotel for that night and they weren't get, getting tickets for the same night and that kind of stuff. How do you... And you mentioned Jamie Webster there. He's had the same problem. Uh, Little Man Tate, they've got a similar kind of problem there due to play there soon. So it's not just you guys, but I'm just interested in the mechanics behind the scenes of a band, how you how you manage these kind of challenges. How do you go about it? Well, when we first heard about it, we were like, right, what's his options? What's nearest mm-hmm. venue? What's the best solution? It would have been, mm-hmm. let's play like... Um, is it called Octagon? Yeah, yeah. The big, yeah, like that one. There were another band playing that night, right. so we couldn't swap to that. Yeah. And then we were like, we were really, well, we were really conscious of like people had booked hotels, trains mm. and stuff like that. So we said, let's try and get another venue uh, definitely sorted for Saturday. And if we can, we'll get one on Friday as well. And we managed to secure a Friday and Saturday. So it was yeah. still a weekend thing. So I think we dealt with it best we could. Um, both nights were full, so yeah. everyone were everyone were happy in the end. But it's a shame, like I say, we couldn't play the gig we all wanted to play. Uh, but we ended up playing two nights, so it it it, it worked out really really good. You'll play it again. You, you like the academy? The show looks like you like you like playing that room, don't you? It's a it's a big magical room. It's a shame that you know these things have to happen, don't you? Know it's cause it's just completely out of anybody's control. Um, you know, it's just. Uh, one of those things, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's. it's I, th- I think uh, Joe Cornell's. Having, he's looking. Is his booked in just before Christmas Day? And I think he's looking uh, for a plan B now, just to try and sort it out. It is. It's a shame for Sheffield, really, as well, because I know you're local lads, and you know you like. You know you like sharing that room with your local fans, don't you? It's they're always magical events. It looks like they're always class. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, don't even seem to be like there's any news on when it's going to reopen yeah, either, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll happen again, obviously, but like I say, it was a shame, but we, we did have two good nights. Yeah. So. yeah, nice. So looking back over the career of the band then, so, um, you know, you, you, you've grafted your brothers, you're out there on your own. You've had a couple of lineup changes over the years. How's, how's that affected 
uh, the progression of a band because I know from being in bands myself and speaking to loads of different type of musicians, sometimes it, it it's not the right place for some people, is it? You know, they they have different priorities in different parts of their life and they they and they want to go a different way with things. How how was it for you guys with a few lineup changes through the years and trying to find the right people to be part of the the Sherlock's machine, really? It was sweet, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> no faces, Jordan. No faces, yeah, I love it. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we had the one, we've, we've had one lineup change, and it, to be honest with you, it couldn't have come in a in a weird way at a better time, because right. uh, <laughs> the previous members, Josh and Andy, they, uh, they just basically wanted to get a more steady, normal job. Yeah. Um, so far from like, a lot, it's weird, like when you're, have a lineup change, a lot of people think it fell out, whereas yeah. we we still talk to them regular. Right. Um but yeah, they're basically just we were on tour at the time and said they wanted to just settle down and get a more steadier job. Uh yeah. and we'll finish all these gigs and whatnot. And then we never even got a chance to do that anyway. By this point, COVID were like I mean I think all four of us didn't really know much about yeah. it at the time. Pretty slow we uh, the news and stuff, we don't really keep us tabs on that. And then yeah. I think, yeah, we just got told, well, first off his American tour got cancelled. And then like, you, I think we might have just managed to finish that UK tour and uh, it all just weirdly just, that's when lockdown and stuff happened. Yeah. So, and and yeah, with the new members, um, me and Brandon love this job. It sounds weird calling it a job, but we, uh, we don't really want to do anything else. Mm. We want to do this until the wheels fall off. So yeah. I wouldn't even know what to do. <laughs> Well, I'd be a lumberjack at this rate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got Alex and Trent in and never looked back. Two completely different characters, but yeah. they're just both as funny. Like, Alex is hilarious, bouncing mm. off at walls, yeah. just he's like Chefin Zebedee or whatever he's called. And then uh, Trent's the calmer one at group, a bit drier, um, but stick a couple of shandies in him. And he's yeah. uh, he'll talk he'll chew your ear off. <laughs> so what what have they brought to uh, what have the new people brought to the band then? Uh, like creatively, musically, you know, did they help you with the tunes? What what's the dynamic now with this with the latest Sherlock's lineup? Yeah, I think honestly, I think they bring a lot. Mm. They both bring different ideas, um, and not just on their own part, which is nice. And mm. Alex is very. I think it's fair. I think Brandon will agree. He's very into sounds, and it, obviously he's a classic guitar player. But he he could just sit in a room with a bunch of guitar pedals mm. all day and just literally. Mm. Even I'd get sick of that. But he's just <laughs> mad into sounds. He could just yeah. play a guitar all day and just fiddle with stuff to the point where you have to maybe say, "Alex, it sounds good. You got yeah. it about two hours ago. Stop yeah. fiddling." And then Trent. Same again, same with his personality. He's very steady, but um, solid, I'd say. He's, he's very, like, well-rehearsed. And uh, mm. I don't know. He's, he's, he's the one who steadies the ship, I think. He's oh. it, it, like Alex's yin okay. to his yang. Yeah, nice. <laughs> they're, they're both just working. Yeah. And the share, they often... In a uh, weird way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The polar opposites, but they get on like an house on fire. So, so do you? Do you just have like a quite small foot pedal like board in front of you then, and and they've got like massive ones? 
Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Trent started off quite small, and then I think he's <laughs> he's been looking over at Alex's, and then them two yeah. are having a competition. I've, yeah. I've basically had the same pedal board as 2010. <laughs> bit of chorus, bit yeah. of falls, and you're off. Yeah. <laughs> but now he, uh, I love it. It's good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad they are like that, especially yeah. Alex with his pedals and stuff. I'm glad the. Because, again, it helps me quite a lot. Alex is mm. playing most at lead. I just dip yeah. in for a solo every now and again. But Alex is the the lead guitarist. And uh, mm. he loves it. He's, he's always messing with pedals and watching videos and always trying to, like, up his game with his setup. So it's it's good that they're into it. I'd rather mm. him be like that than just not care and just yeah. go straight in. And, Brandon, how's your drumming developed over the years? Then, how, what what have, what have you adapted to and changed over Steady the years? Steady decline. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, my shoulders are... <laughs> no. no, to be honest, I think looking back at some other videos, uh, I feel like it, I used to play everything at 1,000 miles an hour. Yeah. Still play stuff probably a little bit faster than record, but I think most, people, most live bands do, mm. but... Uh, I don't know. I think I've got a bit more steady on the drums. Not like steady as in slower, just a bit more less yeah. fills. And never considered one of them like pads that they have at side of them now with sound effects and that kind of shit. Never, never thought about. Well, we've got, that. we've got. I did get sent an S, it's yeah. an S, what is it, SPDSX? Or I think that's how you say. It. Uh, got Roland sent me one of them, mm-hmm. and we have started using it, but not in a in a way where it's like backing tracks right. we use it more like a bit like um just like samples like a like mm. a snare or a tambourine or a yeah. like a pad to, to be honest the the biggest thing as as the album uh the albums have developed um we've got a little bit more like that in studio like using like padded kicks so mm. i use it mainly for that to be honest mm. just so i'm not when i'm smashing proper kick drum it sounds a bit harsh so we're like there's a tune we've got called City Lights, so I'll just I'll hit the padded oh, nice. uh, kick for the beginning bit. But I don't think we'll ever be one of them bands where we uh, we just play loads of backing tracks and stuff like that because it just wouldn't be Sherlock's if we did that. Do you think that's why Album Four's a bit? It, it, it felt a bit more experimental. Album Four. Do you think that's what maybe helped it a little bit get higher in the charts? Or I don't know. Just speculating. I don't know about the charts, but it definitely, yeah. I definitely set the last two albums. I feel like, mm. well, all of them to be fair, but definitely the last two. I feel like it sounds like we've been in the studio and we thought about stuff a little bit more. Whereas in earlier tunes, it was more like let's just polish what we do live. Mm. But like the padded stuff and I don't know synths and don't know. It's, it's, it's exciting to think where we're going to go after this because it's yeah. never been like a conscious decision like a lot of bands sit down and go what we're going to do on this album or what we're going to do like should we make a I don't know a jazz album we you know like said it a certain way whereas we've always just like Kieran will write the tune on don't make a jazz album lads <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it's like we'll all get in a room We've said this a times, like, you know, right tune on acoustic, we'll get in a room, get it sounding half decent, get a good solid demo, mm. and then we'll get it studio and it just changes again, and then parts will change, and then it'll just mould itself into whatever album five will be, and then we'll go out and tour it. 
So as long as we can play it live. Who's been your favourite? Like, I think we're, we're, as long as you can play it live, right? Yeah. So who's been your favourite? As, like, yeah. as, as long as we can play the tune live, I feel like it'll always be like a Sherlock's song yeah. or an album. Who, who's been? I would never want to get to a point like where it's you can't play them live because we've done it. We've pushed it too far. Yeah. Now that that can sometimes happen. Is, is that? Have you been helped by certain producers as well and that kind of stuff? Through the years, or is there anybody that's like who, who's been your favourite producer over the years that's that you've worked with? Well, um, we've enjoyed working with them all, but I'd say Dave Erringer is mm. is just an absolute blast to be in studio. Is we just this is before we even recorded uh, the third album. We went to each studio with him like back in twenty sixteen or mm. so, and we were we were literally crying with laughter like. It was like two, three morning, and some of the conversations we were having were just outrageous, and we, we were just literally, <laughs> literally tears coming down his face. But Dave's just a, he's just a, a, a big ball of energy, and he's is a is a good, good lad to be around. So, you, so, you, it, so the main thing is just a somebody that can you can just bounce off then, I suppose, and just do your thing, and they know where you stand with everything. Um, with with album four then, because I, I know when it first came out, you were you, you pitched that you wanted a number one, and everybody was rooting for it. How how do you like like on the build up of a new album coming out? How do you plan ahead for that week when you're selling tickets and stuff? What what did the Sherlock's do to uh, to get yourself in a position to you know go for a number one? We just. Um... I think we jumped on it pretty early this time. Mm. Um, it, well, the album itself, a, a quick turnaround. From the third album, I think we um, we were all excited after that release. Yeah. And then just we said straight away, probably more so Brandon, like, let's get in studio and let's crack on with this next album. Yeah. Um, which I had a few ideas knocking around, but they, definitely, they weren't full songs. They were more just like maybe a verse... Just some mel- just the basic tune with some mm. melodies and stuff, but not nowhere near full songs. Um, and then we just quickly got in and started recording. Started recording with this guy called Dave Rashid Jones from Manchester, uh, and he was class. Did a track with him, which ended up on album. Remember all the girls, mm. and then uh, got back in with Al. Decided to work with Al for this one, and then um, and then as far as the Al, the promoting of it, mm. we just started. I think it's very difficult for bands these days to, if you're not signed to a massive label, like get that mm. promo you need and radio and stuff like that. So mm. you've got to uh, you've got to graphic a little bit more, which we enjoy doing. So we um, this time around we put on a lot more, um, the like semi-acoustic sort of gigs yeah. where we'd rock up to people's boozers and stuff like that, and obviously make make sure it's chart eligible before. Mm. So the album sales are going to count and um, and do what a lot of bands probably want to do. Like we were, we were putting on full, pretty much full gigs, like a good mm. few, a good solid set list for people turning up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and everybody got their album. It was like a ticket and an album sort of thing. So no one's forced into coming. It's just yeah. like come if you want to support us. And honestly, the 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 people turning out were just amazing. Like. Even to this day, I'm not sure how many gigs we did. We did hell of a lot. And mm. um, I think that's probably what helped us going into that, that last week or two. We knew we were in a good place, but we um, mm. 
we just didn't take his foot off pedal really just kept on grafting like we did that last week we ended up <laughs> at town hall in Sheffield mm. we stood there like all day but it was good <laughs> like you had you had fans coming up and seeing us but and then you you just have random people walking by like saying who are you and what what you're doing and then before you know it they'd buy a couple of records and oh, stuff nice. it was it was an exciting week. It was good. We really felt like everyone was behind us. It felt like that online as well, just watching from the outside, because it looked like you had a lot of fun. It looked like you were grafting. You know, you were you were all putting videos out and like, you know, we're going to be here tomorrow. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be down at City Hall. We're going to be doing all this all the time. It must have been like, once you get past that cutoff point, uh, it must have been like, oh, it must have been a big relief, really. It looked like, it looked like you grafted. That is exactly it. I've said it, it, it takes years off you that uh, them album weeks. It's like you kind of dread them as well. You're like, it's nice to get an album out, but yeah. there seems to be some. You're like, I don't think you'd be doing the album justice if you didn't push it to the very limit. Oh, yeah. We were at the we were at the very limit. Like um, on the last day, we we went down London early. We did uh, something for Calendar, and then we did two record stores. I think that mm. day. And then even as Van brought down up way up home, <laughs> coming back from London, I think yeah. my dad were joking, saying even Van had had enough. Like, we, we <laughs> were spent. We couldn't have put anything else into that yeah. album. We were gone. Halloween <laughs> lymph mode. <laughs> how, how, <laughs> how do you physically find out the, the position then? And when do you find out? Because it, it, it's it, do you announce it on the Friday, but you know the day before? Is that how it works with that kind of stuff? Talk us a, bit, a little bit behind the scenes about how you find out how you chart. Well, you find out the the same day everyone else finds out. You just oh, find out yeah. a little bit earlier in the day, but it depends yeah. on when the charts. Um, it, it depends on when you get like a sales update every day, but you don't know when it's coming in. If you know what I mean, and right. I so on the last day it could come in, but nobody knows when it's coming in. Yeah. But it's normally yeah. like afternoon time, early afternoon, and then the I think it's embargoed till like five yeah. when the duck charts on radio, but. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was the same when we got his first album, to be fair. Um, did his first album. It, it, takes, it takes it out of you. But mm. I, I think we've learned, because we've done it four times now, we've learned yeah. a lot. We learn every single time we do it. And obviously, yeah. the times have changed from when his last album to the first album we've done. So it's like you've got to move with times, but you've also got to learn. So like next time we go into an album campaign, we, we've we've picked up a few pointers mm. for what we're going to do, but as long as fans are behind us and everyone's enjoying tunes and coming to gigs, we're happy. We're not we're not like we we only said we 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 had to say we were going for a number one because for some reason we uh, we found out we were number two, so it'd have been stupid yeah. not to try and go for it. Yeah, but yeah. we knew we were going to yeah. be up against it. <laughs> Is is it right? Like like when it gets to like Wednesday Thursday, that's when the big like major labels start pushing the sales of their artists. So it it can look really promising at the beginning of the week, and then it can soon change Wednesday Thursday when the big boys start pushing all the major artists and that kind of stuff. Is that a thing? That's something I've just heard. I, I'm just I don't know if it is a it's, thing or not. It's the streams. Right. It's when the it's when the bit it's when the big boys streams come in. Right. It's like we could put an album out and. Like we could be flying on Tuesday, Wednesday, and then like Taylor Swift, for example, yeah. could drop an album yeah. on Thursday and streams and yeah. just take it to number yeah, one. But I don't know. You, you you can't compete with that. You can only yeah. just you can only do what we can only do what we can do. 
And as long as we get it as all, like we have every time, we're happy. Well, someone just looking in from the outside, it was really enjoyable just seeing how much graft you boys put in that week. And we were sharing it on RGM. I can remember I sent you a message, Brandon, just saying congratulations and that kind of stuff. I just thought, I just thought, I I just, I wanted to send that message because I I, I don't know, because sometimes when you're inside your own bubble, you don't really... Um, you kind of feel like you're in your own bubble. Um, and I think it's nice to tell people congratulations on the graph that you've done, and it's a major achievement, I think, for you both, uh, for the whole band. I just wanted to share that. Oh, I feel like it's a major. Yeah, no, I, I think you did really well in it, and, and it, 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 the community around a, a live album. Uh, I've never seen out like it really this year. I start. I saw it first when Reverend and the Makers and the Lottery winners had. Uh, they were doing it in the same week. I think Reverend got to six, and Lottery winners got number one at the time. And it were like yeah. I know the lot is from being over here in Manchester, and obviously Rev from Sheffield, and it was it was just the community like really came together and, and and went for it, and and I saw that on Twitter and online for you guys. I just saw a big community like really pushing for you to to, to get it. I just thought that, that, that those type of things, it's just nice to see in a in the music industry, and you know a, a big community of people getting behind some lads that just want to, you know, flog an album. What, what would you say to those people that contributed to, you know, trying to help you with shares and that kind of stuff, I suppose? It's, uh, it's, it's appreciated. Yeah. It's, like you say, especially bands. And we try and do that as sales, mm. not, not for anything. We don't do it. So like we'd get something in return. Yeah. We just do it just cause it's good to help. It's, mm. I think when you're part of a, I don't know how cool guitar music is at the minute. So it's good to like, just, by us helping bands who have got an album yeah. art and then yeah everybody get behind each other it's uh it just makes the whole scene a lot stronger doesn't it so it's just it's, nice it's, it's nice it's, to see a community we're all working together for good rather than all the noise that's out there and all the horrible shit that goes on in the world it's just a nice it's just a nice thing yeah. to see in it i think you know with all the shit that goes on in the world but anyway so you're moving on to europe next then so when do when do you when do, where, where do you start in Europe and how do you prepare for a European tour? Is it different to a UK tour? Talk us through that. Uh, is it different? We, well, we're, we're probably getting the suitcases down out of loft, stocking <laughs> okay. up on his box of shorts nice. at the minute because we've got a long three-week stint yeah. to go. But, um, nice. Now, just same thing. I think we're maybe going to change set with stuff slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, might try some new stuff. That's what, in fact, that's what we did last time. Like, we ended up playing Sirens in, played it in a few places, but I can remember his trial running it in Germany somewhere. Mm. And, and straight, like, there were no, re- yeah, we'd recorded it, but we'd never played it. Um, and no one had ever heard it. And that ended up being like the best song at set. Like, yeah. crowd was just going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> just bouncing in Germany. And we were like, this is weird. Ah. So, uh, but yeah, this time around, we've, we're buzzing for it. I think we're heading to... We've, we've got a gig in Swansea to do on Saturday and then nice. I think his first gig's in Paris on Monday. Nice. Uh, so, and is, yeah, is it like lads on tour a bit? Do you have to calm down the beer and that kind of stuff like you're on holiday? Do you do you have to try and rein that kind of stuff in or do you still get them down you? Each to their own. Each to their own. Yeah, each to their own. No. <laughs> 
Know your body. Know how you feel. <laughs> well, don't, don't be drinking if you don't want to drink. Well said. Well said. Respect, drink responsibly. And tell us about this pub that you've got going on, the Jolly Brewer. Um, so I've seen a few things online, but uh, talk me through the idea of, you know, starting your own pub and the idea behind it and what you want to achieve with this uh, boozer. Uh, well, yeah, Bra- Brandon can probably speak on this a little bit more. He's based, yeah. he's he's down Lincoln a lot. So mm. I'm, I'm not familiar with Lincoln too much, apart from there's a massive hill. <laughs> and apparently it gets rougher as it goes down. But now we are... Uh, We've wanted to open a boozer for ages. We've mm. been saying it for years, um, saying how cool would it be to like just be involved in something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the opportunity just arised. We um, a guy called Adam who owns another pub in Lincoln called The Fig, and uh, we just got his heads together. And the pub that we actually took on has got like hell of a lot of history, which we found out. I think it used to be like known for its live music scene and interesting characters and uh, what do you call it, like biking groups like Scooters and Mm. Harley Davidson's and just basically just a pub that had a proper vibe which people were really in love with. And then it, I think it shut and then it opened again and then it shut and no one's managed to really get it back on its feet since it shut. Um, So our aim is obviously to try and me and Brandon being in a band is to try and make it make it like a just a home of like music in Lincoln where mm. pretty much every night you can go in and there'll be live live acts on acoustic acts, uh, live bands out in the summer on the stage and stuff like that, DJ sets. Just just full of music basically, as mm. well as quality drinks. Yeah. So give giving some of these back to the community then, I suppose. Yeah, we yeah. want to we want to make it like the home of the home, of, not just Lincoln as well, but like yeah. home of like upcoming bands. Just nice. like bands who we know have took on tour, like we could put them on in in our pub, and mm. it, it just wants to be a nice way you could go and have a few drinks as well, and just have some decent tunes playing. Yeah. So we've we've got loads of ideas, and we're working on loads of stuff, and we're going to announce the we're going to have like a massive opening launch weekend, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we we just trying to sort all that out whilst preparing for a, a European tour. <laughs> so they just do everything at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Keep busy. And then obviously we've just we just announced the biggest ever headline gig in Sheffield. Yeah. Uh we're doing Don Valley Ball and that's that's in our head next year that's like the biggest thing. We're just like we just want to have a big old celebration. And everyone who's not just Sheffield people mm-hmm. but like we want all of us fans in Leeds Nottingham, yeah. Lincoln, Manchester, Liverpool, everyone, even down south, Southampton, London, everyone to come mm-hmm. together and just have a massive, massive party at Don Valley Ball. I've always loved that venue special. anyway. Uh, I've always gone to Mozfest a lot with Steve Cowan's festival. Yeah. And I, I know you guys have played that before, haven't you? Um, that, that, that's, yeah. That's always such an, it, it's a really nice community of people that, that always go to those gigs. Is it like part of the same weekend as Mosfest? Is that how it works? Or is it completely it, 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 standalone it, type thing? Yeah, it is. Mm. It's a standalone gig, but it yeah. is, um, it's on the same weekend as yeah. Mosfest. Oh, that, that, that's... Mosfest, whatever they call them that, That's great for Sheffield as well, because I know, I think it's going to be the last Mosfest that Steve's doing, I think. I, I think he announced on, on the social media. Yeah. So. Uh, that'll be a big loss to Sheffield. That's a shame. But having, you know, the Sherlock's flying the flag for... Yorkshire, Sheffield, you know, wherever wherever you're based. 
Uh, it, it's very much appreciated as a Sheffield lad myself. You know, I can't congratulate enough, you, you guys enough for the graft and, and what you're doing as a band at the minute. I just think it's great. And I wish you all the best for ev- everything that you achieve moving forward from here, lads. Oh, thank you, mate. You're Appreciate it. Is, Appreciate it. Is, is, is there anything else that, you, uh, that you'd like to share with the fans today or any message you'd like to give them just before we let you crack on and you get back to your uh, picking up some wood there, Kieran? Yeah. Now, just uh, let's see your hands. Then. Honestly, let's see your hands. I want to know if you're bullshitting or not. Let's see your hands. Have, have you got? Have you got wood in you? <laughs> have you got clean hands? No, I've got one of them. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just outside. I've, uh, yeah, yeah. I have been. I have been, tro- I have been chopping trees down. I've just okay. picked some wood up. Yeah, fair fair it, fair. I'm, I'm getting my chainsaw right in a bit. <laughs> oh no! Oh, <laughs> no, but, uh, final message. Just honestly, thank you to yeah. everybody who's been sticking with us. Like I said earlier, it's been. A hell of a journey so far, but yeah. to us, we still we honestly we're just as buzzing, if not more, than we than we have been. Like, just I think, yeah, as I mentioned, bringing that fourth album out, you never know how, how well an album's going to do. But yeah. on the, when you find out you you've got you've sold more records on your newest record than you ever have, and, and you've got your best ever chart position, it's uh, it's encouraging for us. We think mm. not. Only are people still digging us, but like new fans are getting getting into us. Yeah. So, yeah, just it'd be good to see everybody at Don Valley. That's in June next year, seventh of June, Friday. Um, we'll put, now, we'll, we'll put a, a ticket. We'll, we'll put a link in the description of this podcast. Anyway, you just click on there, guys. You'll grab yourself a ticket. Nice one. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> keep your eyes on us. We're, we're going to be uh, bringing a live album out next year. Nice. And plenty more, plenty more stuff from us. Yeah, Don't worry. Nice well, keep in, keep tuned in to uh, the Sherlock's, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Brandon, Kieran, thanks for joining us today. I've, I always enjoy catching up with you boys and yes, just Carl. watching your graft. And I just think I, I, I just love how uh, how <laughs> I just love the hard work that you put into it and how easy you make it look. It's inspiring. Nice one, Carl. Cheers, thanks boys. Thanks yeah, again, thank boys. You. Nice one. Cheers, lads. Brandon, Kieran. Thanks for joining us and spreading the joy. Yeah, the pub gigs are coming. They've got. They've opened up a a, a venue for, for to give something back to the music community. Love that. And do grab a ticket for Don Valley Bowl as well. There's a link in the description of the podcast for them in Sheffield in the biggest gig they've ever done. That sounds ace. So yeah, nice one. Uh, yeah, as always, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another week here at the RGM Experience Music Industry Podcast. Do check us out on uh, YouTube as well if you'd like to see our little faces have these conversations. Very much appreciated. I'm going to get off. I'll see you next week, though, eh? Or we might even have another episode midweek. I don't know yet. Maybe. This one, this one that's not been recorded yet, that might happen, so... Maybe. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another week here at the podcast. If you need anything, you know where I am. Let's do that. We're in this together. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. I've been Carl Maloney, that guy from RGM. I'll see you next week for, or maybe later on this week for another episode of the podcast. Toodle-oo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback 
and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe, tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week. Come on, wait.